a listener production. We have some breaking news on Footy Talk Listener Podcast. Justin Holbrook, the Gold Coast Titans coach, has been sacked and will depart the Titans effective immediately. Now, this might come as a shock to some, but the announcement was made this morning by the Gold Coast Titans. But the real kicker is they have a coach coming in 2024 and its premiership winning coach, Des Hasler, will join the Gold Coast Titans from 2024. Now, the Titans made this announcement this morning and it is explaining the club wants to move in a new direction. To be honest with you, over the last four years, despite the fact that Justin Holbrook got to the semifinals once with his side, they have, in a lot of people's opinion, underachieved. Hasler brings a discipline and an absolute desire to win and an uncompromising set of values which will go so well at the Gold Coast Titans. When everybody's talking about Ben Hunt and when he will be joining and we've played obviously the audio where he says he will be moving back to Queensland next year. No one saw this coming. Hasler that was linked obviously to St George when that role became vacant and then withdrew. Obviously this has been going on behind the closed doors for some time. The Titans have done an unbelievable job with this. Uh, His record speaks uh, volumes and he will now take over and we're not quite sure whether or not he takes over straight away or whether or not there'll be an interim coach to the end of the year. But he has signed and he is joining the Gold Coast Titans in 2024. The club has an unbelievable roster. Last night we saw on hand Mo Fortuaker, Tino Fa'asu Moali, AJ Brimson, David Fafida. The list goes on and, and with the players of the calibre of Bo Firma, who wasn't there, Sam Verrills and the young emerging crop of players, there is a lot to like about this side. The one more piece is their halfback. Now, all roads point to Ben Hunt. Then you have Des Hasler. Gold Coast have been looking for a side that they can get behind. This team will be absolutely well-drilled and disciplined. And with Des Hasler, there's an uncompromising set of values that is going to see this side set up perfectly moving forward. Uh, An unbelievable set of circumstances off the back of a Queensland win, and I know we'll be dissecting the New South Wales performance as well. But the breaking news is Justin Holbrook's four years, the Titans coach has been sacked effective immediately and Des Hasler will replace him moving forward from the year 2024 season. Unbelievable set of circumstances and we'll keep you updated as more transpires. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go. Hey, coming up on Footy Talk with Gerds, Chamo and Maroon, Queensland win origin again. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that uh, New South Wales performance and what's been happening in New South Wales camp. I've got Ben Hunt. Don't start me, Maroon. Please don't start I'll me. start you, all right. <laughs> G'day, everybody. Welcome to Footy Talk, the day after State of Origin. And look, we've got some disgruntled men here. Uh, one of New South Wales' greatest ever, my man Ryan Girdler. How are you, Girds? Yeah, I've been better. I've yeah. been better, Maroon, but um, always happy to be in your company. Yeah. Nice to have Chamus back too. I haven't seen him for a while. How are you, Chamo? Yeah, good, mate. Good, yeah. Out, you're off the gurney, out of the deathbed and back <laughs> into the fire. I said on Monday night, I wrote a bad article about Gus and then six weeks later, I wasn't 
I wasn't spotted for six yeah. months. So I've learnt my lesson. I've learnt my lesson. <laughs> Uh, All right, boys, uh, 32-6 Queensland wrap-up State of Origin Game 2 and wrap-up the series for 2023 and good on them. A, a comprehensive victory. The intensity never never dialed down from start to finish. So I'm going to start with a very broad question for you blokes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in a dummy half and throw it to you, Gerds. What mm. went wrong this series? Yeah, I, th- I think there's probably a combination of a, a few different things. And in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I imagine that everyone in the New South Wales camp thought that they were sort of, you know, making the right calls. And I just think that um, the first game, uh, there was areas that I thought we dominated. And I thought last night there was areas that we dominated. And they're some of the key areas of the game. And and that's momentum and, and possession and, and field position. And our inability to convert in game one really concerned me. And I thought we might sort of change our attacking uh, options for game two and just keep it a little bit more simple and play through the middle a little more. And then, you know, you saw with last night the amount of possession we had and the opportunities that we created on the back of our go forward um, just weren't capitalised on. And Queensland, it's always been for those guys about having guys that can just identify moments in games and the experience of their halves. The guys have, I think, played 13 or so origins together now. And I think, um, yeah, DCE's played over 20 origins. So these guys sort of know how um, origin works. And when they got uh, any sort of field position, when they were able to, you know, get on the back of some momentum, they just took those opportunities. And I think, you know, there's so many different elements that go into, you know, why they've won the series. But I would say the main one that stands out for me is the fact that, you know, they just made things happen with the football and we weren't able to. Goods, as one of New South Wales' greatest ever centres, what's going through your head when you see Damien Cook? When Tommy goes down and they move Damien Cook there, could you believe it? Is that Was that the best option? Well, I personally would have gone another way. You know, Mick, it was um, it was a bit of a surprise. I actually I actually watched the play and we were calling the game last night and Cookie ended up sort of obviously coming on for Tom and I thought, well, what's the reshuffle going to look like? Who's going to go into the centres? And then, you know, I think um, from the ensuing set, it was like, cool, Cookie's standing out there next to Ado Carr. So obviously Damien's gone into the centres and I thought that was a, a strange one. I never saw that one coming and I thought a guy like Cam Murray that's, that's played a little bit in the outside backs in his juniors might have been more equipped to go out and handle that situation. Nothing against what Damien did, I thought, in those situations other than a couple of tap-ons where he was just kind of trying to make it up as he he went along. Thought he did a a pretty remarkable job, but um, I thought there might have been some other options there. Chamo? Okay, so everybody's wondering why Damien Cook was playing out there in the centres, but for the life of people, they can't work out why. Have you got any thought of at least a theory, Gertz? Yeah, well, I know exactly why. You know, they they didn't take an outside back. I mean, they didn't take, you know, we took an outside back or a half into game one and sat him on the bench and Tommy got injured again and he was able to go on and fill that hole. But um, why, why not And Cam they didn't Murray, want to yeah. take cover. Well, I, I have no idea why mm. they didn't use Cam Murray. Obviously, they, you know, they, they go in with a strategy and I thought that that strategy probably would have been less interrupted had they used Cam Murray in the centres because they obviously wanted to rotate those dummy halves, which is a crucial part, especially when you've got a, a rookie um, starting at nine that's just, you know, that's really going to learn the hard way in the opening exchange is what Origin's all about, trying to keep up with the speed. I thought a rest for him at some point, and he did a wonderful job. Yeah, would have been an important part of their strategy, but they thought there was less interruption to what they were trying to achieve mm-hmm. by putting Damien Cook out there and leaving Murray on and I have to say in the middle I have to say Cam Murray and the way that he played and the difference he made when he came on finally we started playing off the back of momentum 
going through the middle. Isaiah Yo as well. I just think too sideways all the time. You know, we always look like um, we were setting up for the next play. And Origins, not for me, was never about bringing those combinations in and setting up and then trying to hope that you're in great field position and then you you got all your set pieces and you're executing really well. Origin for me is just about momentum. It's a momentum-based game and playing on the back of the momentum's created usually by the pack that's dominant. And I think, you know, we've had a pack that's been able to dominate but then always look like guys as opposed to pushing up and, and taking advantage of that domination we're creating – we're all sitting out wide in pockets waiting to run our lead run or waiting for our our tip on or whatever it may be to try and get around them after we try and compress their defence, which I just thought was probably, a, a, you know, not the right tactic. You mentioned Murray. It, it took 45, 50 minutes for him to come on the field. Like He's one of our best players. And for him to be sitting there, I, I don't know how much the injury to Tom Trebojevic then caused the spin-on effect to interrupt what Freddie had planned. And not only that, you talk about... Damien Cook moving to the centres. But what about the the effect that had on the attack? Because all week we'd planned for Damien Cook to come onto the field, yeah. add that spark. And you talked about earlier trying to beat him through the middle. Then you lose that. You don't even have that option of someone coming in there. And Reese Robson, he did a tremendous job, but he, he was mm. he was out on his feet. So let me ask you a very direct question. Is Freddie Fittler gone as origin coach? <sighs> I think he's in big trouble. Yeah. I, I think that's what they lost five of their last six games now in New South Wales and there are excuses. There are excuses. But in origin, it doesn't matter how many excuses you have. Their four best players didn't play last night. Yeah. Nathan Cleary, Api Corosau, Latrell Mitchell, and you can count Tom Trebojevic in that group. He didn't play. There are excuses there for Brad Fittler, but the reality is they're not delivering. And I, I can't see how Freddie will continue to have the support of the New South Wales Rugby League next season. Goods. Well, I think there needs to be a better option, Maroon. It's easy yeah. to say, oh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. Freddie needs to move on, but then who replaces him? No one's really, you know, come up with an answer where I've thought, oh, yeah, that's a really good option. And you also need to think about, you know, what was it, is that his sixth series now, Freddie? We've six, lost yeah. five three. of the last six games. And how he feels about moving forward, you know, I know he's the kind of guy that's, he's a, he's a proud man and he might think that he's given all that he can and someone else might need to take over and he might need to move on in other areas. I'm not too sure how he feels about the situation. It, it brings a lot of stress into your life. It's There's a reason there that, you know, there's not a lot of guys that hang around for really long periods at that level, even for the winning guys. Like Mal obviously had that dream run, but, you know, the speculation around or the exhausting nature of what Origin is also takes its toll. You can see the toll it's taken on Freddie and Brandy and, and those guys and how that affects your decisions and have you got a clear mind. And he needs to understand, has he still got the energy and the purpose that he went into that role with five or six years ago? And if he hasn't, well, then he probably needs to, you know, step aside and let someone come in with those fresh ideas, with that energy to get New South Wales back to where they need to be to compete with this. Queensland side who have got their shit together. Mm. And what about this, Michael? Game three, it's not a dead rubber. There's real opportunity for New South Wales to get some pride back. Well, some more pride in the jumper, let me put do it that way. Do people care though, Maroon? Do people well, really care? I mean, I would like to see that they – do people really care? I think they do and I think people want to see that they care. So th this brings up the next question. Obviously, there's not going to be any turbo available, but – should there be wholesale changes ahead of the next game? And what would that achieve if there was? Well, it's probably not going to achieve anything if Brad Fittler's not the coach. Like the, the coach next year, if there is a new coach, going to come in with his own ideas and his own players. What's interesting for me looking back and sitting sitting back and watching is the actual 
the disconnect that's starting to appear again between the, the team and the actual s- supporters of the state. And Jerome yeah. Luai yesterday, we saw after the game, he posted something on Instagram and um, it, it's there's a disconnect starting to form. And I, I feel like Queensland, people always say that Queensland are far more united than New South Wales. You look at the way that the New South Wales clubs are and the Sydney-based clubs are, there's far more tribalism amongst those clubs. You know how many people last week said to me, I don't care if New South Wales, New South Wales win on Mitchell Moses, the halfback, Bulldogs fans, they don't like Parramatta. That's far greater in New South Wales yeah, than it ever yeah. ever was, ever is in yeah. Queensland. Well, they got mm. Origin before they had NRL teams. That's a, a key point. You know, before when Origin started, they had North Devils and Wyndham Manly and Redcliffe Dolphins yeah. and Valley's Diehards. So, and even I, the, even the Brisbane fans like that. They don't mind the North Queensland Cowboys. Like yeah, there, there yeah. is that mutual respect there amongst the Queensland clubs. Whereas in Sydney, they hate each other. Yeah. And when a player from another team comes in, it's fine if you're winning, but if you lose. And mm. as we're going to see, yeah. they're going to turn. They're going to turn on, on Jerome Luai. They're going to turn on other players. You had something to say, Gerds, about fans connecting with the Blues team. I want to play that audio and then we'll talk on the back of that. The thing I like about the Queensland camp, it just doesn't look like an R&B film clip. And I think sometimes, and, and you know, sometimes you go, and I speak to a lot of people in New South Wales, they, they, you, they see the shots that come out and all that, and it's hard for people to connect with what's going on in camp with New South Wales. It really is. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, and, I, and I, you, you see clips coming out on social media from both camps, and a lot of people resonate with the way Queensland, you know, they prepare, they go about their business, and the way that they respond and the respect they show the concept. Not that New South Wales don't, but when you sometimes look at New South Wales, they're doing things that I'm thinking, oh, gee, I wouldn't like to be in that environment. You know, I wonder how the whole team responds to certain situations that they're put in by individuals in that team doing it the way that they want it to be done. Now, you are, I know I say this to you a lot and you and you, and you blush and you, and you don't like to hear it, but you are a New South Wales origin great. And you have come out and said they, they look like an R&B film clip. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. You've had a little bit of time to calm down. <laughs> what do you want to say about it's it now? It's all pretty raw. When you, when you represent New South Wales, it's, it's bigger than the individual. And I think Queensland sometimes understand that a little bit more. They, they connect with who they're representing. And we're not talking about, you know, guys that grew up in Sydney and, and letting go of what they believe they need to do to perform their best. But it's, it's also about representing people in regional areas that don't really appreciate behaviour like they're seeing come out of New South Wales camp. And, and I think that, you know, when you look at what comes out of the Queensland camp and the respect that, that's given to the game and to their people, I, I think that they find a way to energetically connect with their team more than, than New South Wales. And I think Chamo had a really good point before bef- between, you know, with the, the tribalism. I also think that... I don't know, like if I, if I would have in my first or second camp came in with a, a boombox making noise up the back of the bus and rolling like that and guys like Glenn Lazarus and Paul Harrigan and Laurie Daly, I don't know how far up my ass they would have put that boombox, you know, because <laughs> the foundations have been laid over a long period of time, you know, by the holders of that jersey who are, the, you know, the senior players, you know, and I, and I just feel like... Like I, I, I saw something Brandy did the other day with the noise on the bus and all those sorts of things. That might suit 
some people's individual preparation for a game if that's what they want to do. But that's why they invented headphones. If I was on that bus and I was a senior member of the New South Wales side, I'm not sure how, I, I know how, I, I wouldn't appreciate that sort of behaviour. It's not for everyone. Yeah. But, but there are senior players and there are senior figures in that squad, good around the camp. Is it up to them then to, to turn around and say to those guys, listen, yes, I know Jamo, this might work is. for you, but it's, it is. It's, it's, not, it's not to be seen on, and know, I, think about everyone else in this team. And, then, and, it's, and it's about the club, you know, like if that works for your club and that's your gang and it's working really well and it obviously is fantastic, but this isn't a club game. This, this yeah. is a different, this means a lot of things to a lot of different people and I, and I don't question the effort that these guys go out and play with and their intentions and they're really good and, they, and they're good fellas, you know, and I, and I love hearing them speak, but it's really important that you know, I think when you start representing at that level that you're, you're humble by nature and you're appreciative of the opportunity and you allow people to share that with you, the opportunity, and you don't isolate yourself from the collective who all buy in at state of origin level. And then on the back of what Gerds is saying now about the boombox, and then you, it, can we just go back to what you were saying about the tweet from Jerome Luai? Yeah, look, it was bizarre. Look, I really like Jerome Luai, and a lot of people think that he's a dickhead, and I actually have defended him over and over again, and I think he's actually a really good guy, and I've, and I've seen that firsthand. I've had a lot to do with him over the years, but I think there'll be some people in New South Wales who will be disappointed and, and it will rub them up the wrong way for him to post last night, chill, you idiots have work tomorrow. Yeah, um, uh, that's a disconnect. Yeah, yeah, and that's unfortunate. And I think Jerome, if he had his time again, he wouldn't do that. I, I, he, yeah, he, he I, I understand. He, like, he's a guy that's come off and, 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 and he tried his hardest last night. You can never doubt, you know, how, how the, the effort that he puts into to his games. No, I don't think anyone's questioning that. To not realise what it actually means, people are only, and, and he was probably under a little bit of attack last night, I would imagine, by, and he was protecting himself, which I understand. But I think from another perspective, you need to understand how invested people get into that and why they're doing that because they care so much. And, and then to, to try and understand that, I think, is a, is a really good way forward for some of these guys that are coming through that New South Wales system. Now, as what will now happen here, uh, listeners to Footy Talk on the listener app, what happens now? This is what happens all the time. Now all the, everybody in New South Wales will sit around, shit-can the coach, backstab <laughs> the players. This is what we do. In the meantime, Queensland win another uh, comfortable origin series, 32-6, and there wasn't a prouder man than their coach, Billy Slater. Here's what he had to say. When you want to do something, and, and, and want is a very undervalued stat, you can't actually put it into a stat, but you can see it. And there was a whole heap of want in that action, whole heap of Queenslander in that action. And like I said, he, he had some mates there to back him up. Um, you know, he put himself in a position. You move your feet, you put yourself in a position to make the play. Uh, beautifully said. And it makes me wonder on the back of what we've seen, Not certainly last night, but I come back to it again, game one, down to 12 men, no bench. Not only do they – they didn't hang on to win Origin. They scored two tries and won it. Yeah. This is an amazing series for Queensland. I wonder, are we seeing the start of another dynasty, Michael? Don't say that. Well, considering Munster <laughs> and um, obviously Reese Walsh, you know, and that forward pack, yeah. and one goes down, another one comes along. I mean, they it's, take nothing away. Okay, New South Wales lost. There's a million reasons why. But good Lord, that is one of the best rugby league sides ever formed, I would think. Well, 
And the most impressive part about it is a lot of people would have said that is a far inferior team at the start of the series, even in the last four years. Like New South Wales have lost three of the last four years. 2020 to, to Wayne Bennett, everyone said it was the worst Queensland team ever. Yeah. They go and win. Then they win the series in 21 and they've lost the last two when everyone is saying, how do New South Wales lose this series? And that's what makes this more impressive for Billy Slater to actually achieve what he has. And to your point, they get to a, a point now where you're actually saying, you know what? That is no longer the inferior team on paper. That is actually a better football team. And yeah, New South Wales had four of their best players out, but those Queenslanders, everyone that's got an opportunity has proven that they are better players than what we thought they were. Gerds, no question in the current environment, in the current, the way things are, Slater will have that job for as long as he wants. I wonder if he thinks about an NRL coaching job because he could probably get a plum one. Well, he's going to have to think about it because I think they're going to be coming at him hard and fast. Mm. Um, he's probably happy with gaining the experience that he is at the moment, but you just wonder whether or not, and if he enjoys this sort of, it's just a short period of sort of six weeks, there's a lot of things that go into the, the preparation and planning, but at some point, yeah, he's going to be approached by different organisations to come on board as a as a head coach. And, and you can only say that he'd be a, a fairly good one because... One of the other things about what impressed me about Queensland last night was the fact that game two, after you win game one, there's always that cushion of, okay, well, there's game three if something goes wrong, that mentality. And that's why you, you, you don't often see dead rubbers because there's that little bit more to play for for the, the, the losing side in game one in game two. And they always just seem to find a way to get it done, even when, you know, the sides don't look really that even on paper. But last night, you know, it's like they just left absolutely no stone unturned the way that they just were patient. They they just defended. They defended. They absorbed. And when they got their opportunities, they just burnt New South Wales. Billy, Billy would have – well, he spent his whole career playing under Craig Bellamy. He would have seen exactly what it takes, the level of commitment and what it does to your life and what it means to the family around you and how little time you actually spend with your family. For me, that will be the big decision for him. At the moment, he's got a, a well-paid job at Channel 9, does a fantastic job there. And he coaches six weeks a year at, in the Queensland Rugby League. I imagine those two salaries would be something as toward yeah. what the, you would get mm. as a head coach. Do you want that headache? That that's something yeah, that Billy 100%. has to decide. Do you want to go through that roller coaster of emotion, sacrifice what he's going to sacrifice with his kids and his family for something that's going to pay the same? That for me, that's the decision that Billy will have to make. I wonder what Billy gets paid to coach those three origin games over the course of a year. Michael, would you have any sort of a figure? <laughs> uh, look, I'd be guessing, but I, there's more to it than just that. Yeah, he, I know. He'd yeah, be appointed yeah. As a, yeah, by the Queensland Rugby League on a full-time basis, but you'd imagine it's at least a few hundred thousand. A few hundred thousand, beautiful. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll uh, we'll take a break. We'll Put come your back. hand up for the New South Wales job oh, or something? Mate, I'll take the New if it's, if it's Look, I'll do it for 150, <laughs> 50 a game. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back, talk about uh, a little bit of club stuff with Ben Hunt and uh, the injury to Turbo as well because this is Footy Talk. Uh, Ryan Girdler, Chamo and Maroon. Okay, now, of course, Ben Hunt being part of the winning series once again and, of course, the news out of his uh, club side that he wants out of his club side. Nothing but bad news has come out of the Dragons this year and this just added to it. So on the back of Origin, let's have a listen to what uh, Ben Hunt had to say about his future. It's something that's been on my mind and thinking about for three or four months, to be honest. It's it's not just come out of nowhere and um, I guess probably the last month, month and a half, it's just sort of really ramped up and I've put an extremely amount, extreme amount of thought into it and, and we're always coming back north, you know, whether that was after six years or, or when it was, we knew we were coming back and, 
you know, probably the last you know, six months, we just really had a desire to, yeah, to return home. And, you know, a lot of things are going on in life. Obviously, it's not the only reason, but it's probably the main one, to be honest. And Yeah, I definitely understand it all, mate, like why they want to keep me and you know why the fans would be upset and everything like that. But... Um, it's about myself and my family, and that's what's most important to me. Uh, well, there you go, um, uh, Chamo. You probably got the the juice on this one. Uh, you heard it all there. He wants to head up north, so that obviously we're talking southeast Queensland. So that kind of narrows the the corridor a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's a smart play from Ben Hunter now turn around because there's been a little bit of confusion as to why he wants to leave. Does he want to win a premiership? Is he pissed off with the club? Does he want to go back home? If he's going to get a release, Maroon, compassionate grounds is is the only way he's going to get it. And to say he wants to go home to Queensland, I think he's going to start to ram that home now to say, I need to be around family. That's the plan. I'm homesick. And you'll be able to potentially get a release on compassionate grounds. I'm going to take my journal hat off for a second, put my Dragons fan hat on. I think it's time for Ben Hunt to go. And the, club, the club are going to probably dig their heels in, but they'll eventually relent and they'll try and get the best deal, whether that be financially, whether that be in, a, in, a, in some sort of player swap or some sort of player deal with that club that Ben Hunt ends up at. The reason I say it's time for Ben Hunt to go he played finals football the first year he was at the club. Since then, in the, in the five seasons since, Ben Hunt has been involved in 39% of wins for the Dragons. That's, that's his record at the club. To put that in a comparison, you know what Luke Brooks's win rate over, those, over that period is? Mm-hmm. 32%. Yeah. One's the worst player in the game, according to everyone. The other one's obviously considered the Messiah at the Dragons, that he's been the only one doing anything at the club. The hard part is you're going to turn around and say that they haven't built a good enough roster around them. He's on such a large salary that it's been so hard for them to build a team, a a squad there that is actually balanced. And the other part of that is he would have had a large say in recruitment over the last few years. Him and Anthony Griffin are that close. He's the captain of the club. The people that they brought to the club, a lot of them are his mates. A lot of them are Queenslanders they brought to the club. It hasn't worked at the Dragons. As good as he is as an individual, I'm not criticizing him. He's outstanding for Queensland. He's outstanding for Australia. And he's been good for the Dragons individually. But five seasons of not making the finals, when you're the, cap- when you're the captain of the club, it's time to move on. And then you consider some of the things he's been saying throughout the year when they were talking about Anthony Griffin's future, saying that he might leave, or he'd have to consider his future if Anthony Griffin moved on. Mate, you're the captain of the club. At the end of the day, he needs to put the Dragons first. He might feel that privately. I don't care. What he feels privately, mm. go for it. But to turn around there as a captain of the club and say, yeah, I'm going to consider moving on if, if Anthony Griffin, my mate's not the coach, I just think that was poor. And they're in a situation and, now where it's time to move on. And on the back of that, he then came out and said he only wants to play one position as well. Yeah. So I guess that 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 sort of probably added to that statement around uh, the coach. What about, do you think that they're going to hold out Chamo the Dragons just to get some compensation? Do you think what that's their plan or are they going to try and give Flano some time to talk him around? I think they'll they'll meet and they'll give Flano time to talk him around. But I think Ben Hunt's made up his mind. Yeah, and once like. we get to that situation, the Dragons know. Uh, they're not going to say this publicly. They're going to turn around and say, we're not going to let him go. Reality is, if he digs his heels in, which is which is, looks looks like it's going to be the case, the Dragons are then going to try and milk the situation. And if it is the Gold Coast Titans, which everyone's suspecting that Ben Hunt's going to go to, especially now after he's made those comments saying, I need to go to Queensland, if he goes mm. and signs with the Bulldogs, the or Dragons the are going to turn around. Well, all the Dolphins. If he goes yeah. and signs with the Bulldogs, the Dragons going to turn around and say, go and get stuffed. Yeah. But yeah. Are we talking about immediate? Chamo, are we talking about this year before well, June 30 or are we I talking about I think he made comments last 24? night. I was speaking to a couple of the Sydney Morning Herald journals. I think he went on the record last night saying that he he would see out the season if that was okay. the case. But I, I think he wants to go immediately. Mm. 
The it's almost untenable now with the fans and with the club coming back and and, and the players. Well, you know, the, yeah. the, he's put himself so far out there now that coming back and trying to roll the sleeves up on a weekly basis with those other you know sixteen guys is going to be quite difficult. I like Ben Hunt. I think he's a, and I've had a lot to do with him over the years on, on on Origin camps and Australian camps. But Ben Hunt, I don't think he's very close to that playing group as the captain of the club. I don't think he is very close to that playing group. He comes to training on his own. He leaves. He doesn't sort of hang out with the players. And I feel as though from speaking to people at the club there was a little bit of a resentment from the players towards Ben Hunt because mm. he got special treatment from the coach. It was never his fault. Every, everything was always Ben Hunt's Ben Hunt's doing everything right. Everyone else around you need to improve. And I think if some of the players naturally over that period started to develop some resentment towards Ben, given how close he was to Anthony Griffin. I don't think it is a bad time for the Dragons to actually start fresh. You got Shane Flanagan. I know he's going to want to keep him there because of his experience, but you've invested so much time in Amon and Sullivan it's time to see if it works. And if it doesn't, move on. All right. So that answers the question, where does that leave the Dragons? You're going to say Amon and Sullivan. And, you know, I guess they just need to placate the members and the uh, sponsors of the club and move forward. But what about Ben Hunt? Now, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but Ben Hunt goes from the Dragons to the Titans. He's hardly taken it up a notch, has he? I mean, the Titans, more than one player have ended their career at the Titans. <laughs> Well, which which is why now he's going down the family path, it's, which is why he said last night, I think that was to Dobbo, was it last night, that it's about moving back home. Because if he turns around and says it's about a premiership or he's not, doesn't feel like the Dragons are close to a premiership, don't you agree, Good, mm. You can't turn around and say that and then go to no. the Titans. You, you, I would say, though, that the Titans are probably in a better place in the next few years to have success. I wouldn't say they're closer to a premiership, but, you know, with with Mo and Tino and Brimson, uh, you put Benny sort of Hunt in there. Verrills is doing a good job for him. Yeah. Don't know what Kieran Foran's going to do, but, I mean, and they've got some talented outside back. So uh, he could make a considerable difference there, and if whether it be this year or next year, I mean, he, he could help them running into the finals. Mm. Yes, Benny Hunt. Uh, Kieran Foran, some great big yeah, back Jayden rowers. Yeah, Campbell, maybe they can do a yeah. swap deal, get Jaden yeah. Campbell and Fafita to the Dragons. Mm. What do you reckon? Verrills, when, you know, <laughs> Verrills is good for them. I, you know, you can only wish them success. I hope they get it. And uh, look, I hope for the Dragons fans, though, this just gets sorted out sooner rather than later. Because it's the only the only thing left to go wrong is that Ben Hunt goes. <laughs> ben Hunt goes, you're at rock bottom, you're on firm rock bottom to build the club again. But he also got a lot of money then to play with as well. Yeah. Flanagan, if he is renowned as a recruitment coach, That's it. at least he's got then some money to spend and some decisions yep. to make. Yeah, given on that, just before we move on, just listening around to other NRL commentary and obviously Fox League, what I read, I kind of feel, and I hope I'm not uh, stepping out over the line here, I kind of feel, Michael, that he maybe gave Flano the thought that he wasn't going to want to go anywhere. Yeah, I'm not too sure what he said to Flanagan, but I know that he asked two weeks ago, he went to the club and he told him he wanted to go. This was before Flanagan was appointed, but it looked as though Flanagan was was going to be appointed. He told the head of football there, Ben Harron, that he wanted to leave. Nothing formally was requested. The interesting part, though, for me, Maroon, is that you saw, I think there was a story by Buzz Rothfield the other day where Ben Hunt sent him a text confirming that he'd asked for a release. Yeah. The Dragons had not received a release by that point. Wow. It was only a couple of hours wow. after the yeah. manager then got into action mm. and sent the formal release off to the club. So the club's starting to feel, are Ben Hunt and his management aligned in what they're trying to do here? 
Okay, moving on now. The saddest story to come out of last night was the peck injury to uh, Tom Trebojevic, and it does look likely that he'll be out for the season. So before we go to Manly, let's, Gerds, let's say a word for this bloke. He's a natural-born rugby league player. He has had the last few years of his career stricken with injury. We know what that means to his club at club level. Yeah. What does this mean for, for uh, Turbo moving forward? Oh, some demons to overcome, Maroon. Like, he got knocked out in, in game one of the Origin Series as well, and his club form has been scintillating over the last uh, three or four games for Manly. He's been exceptional, and, um, you know, he, he he means so much to that organisation and the fans up there. I've got some some friends in the area that love the Eags, and when he went down last night, my phone ran hot. So, um, yeah, he's just, he's just got to um, yeah, have, a, have some time out, have a really good think about, you know, where he's at, what he wants to achieve in the game and and start working his way back. But this, I mean, he's had some issues with, you know, soft tissues in the in the hamstrings. This is a pretty serious one. Once you start, you know, tearing the peck, you, you probably never fully recover and he's he's not a spring chicken. So he's going to have um, a fair bit of rehab and it's going to be a, um, a really – uh, a really tough slog for him to get himself right to come back mentally and physically after this one. I think it's more mental for him. I, I, I feel so sorry for him. For what he's been through with his hamstrings, his shoulder, and now this. Like, he he already feels like he can't catch a break. And now to, to go mm. down this path again and, and have another season that looks like it's over and goes through another off-season, the doubt's in your head, it all becomes yep. mental. Not only mental getting himself physically right to play, but mental, his happiness, his over, overall well-being. I, how old is he now, Chamo? Oh, I reckon he'd be, with, look, I'm guessing, what, 27, be, maybe? 26, 27? He's 30? been around a while. 30? Yeah. I thought he would have been older than 27. You're going to Google it, are you? I'm going to Google it right, right now. Tom Trebojevic. While you're doing that, the manly injury list, now all three Trebojeviches are injured. Ben's indefinite. 26, boys. He's 26. Uh, 20, I thought oh, he was wow. older Is he only 26? God, he's been 26. around forever, Tommy. Jake's still got a couple of weeks on the sideline. Tommy, uh, obviously no word on his length of the sideline, but two along, he's injured. Uh, Brad Parker's injured. They are starting to rack up the injuries, Manly. I wonder, Gerds, with this one, is it, as yeah. I said before, we know what happens at Manly when Turbo gets injured. Yeah, well, I mean, they've had an up-and-down season at best, haven't they, anyway, Manly? No consistency again this year, and that's something they would have been working off. It's They have a, a, a pretty ordinary loss, and they have a really good win like we saw against the Dolphins, and then they have an ordinary loss again. So um, we know how much of a better side they are with Tom in it. They have got some good young players coming through now, and I think we get to have a really good look at Anthony Seabold and how he develops some of these young Manly players now that, that are coming through the system like Weeks and Co and Schuster. So an opportunity for those guys to stand up and play some consistent footy because that's exactly what Manly need. They need some consistency because they haven't found that in the last couple of years. Yeah, you're right. They have been inconsistent. You, you see a performance from them one week and then they deliver something mm. completely different the week after. But I, yeah, I think their season, their finals hopes are over now without Tom. And they still haven't really solved their halves problem. It's just to the six. It's just at the club going forward. Yeah, it's they're, they're still a work in progress, Manly. They get Jake Trebojevic back and hopefully soon. Mm. Um, but I can't see them making a run into the eight. All right, boys, uh, congratulations to Queensland on another wonderful origin win and certainly to everybody at Suncorp Stadium. It was a wonderful evening and the NRL doing so many good things at the moment, which we absolutely love. I think, you know, NRL's always copying it from someone somewhere, but I think particularly this year we've seen some wonderful things uh, at NRL level. Uh, Magic round, obviously, origin. The final series will be huge. But, Gerds, we'll uh, catch up with you again over yeah. the weekend for our regular stuff. I'll see you tomorrow night. Are you calling the uh, the Warriors 
Dragon's Game oh, Maroon? Oh, wouldn't miss it for the world. Don't bring your boombox. You might get upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring the boombox <laughs> and pick you up at the airport. I'll be waiting at the airport at the carousel with the boombox playing Ice yeah. Ice Baby. Your wife's car speaker's are loud enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, oh, that white car's yours, isn't it? Which uh, are <laughs> the, the, the two-door one's mine, yes. That's yours, okay. Yeah. I thought that was your wife. See you guys. See you, mate. Bye.